Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Yeah, Tori, we weren't sure if you were going to join us or not. There, there may be a power outage there at Dodger Stadium. We weren't sure if everything, the lights were working. But we have you. You're good, huh? Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You thought I'd get lost in the dark somewhere? I appreciate you having my back. Yeah. Hello, find- darkness, my old friend. Maybe you couldn't find your way to your phone because the lights weren't turned on or something like that. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? I thought you might have been you know, going to bail out the guy who got leveled by the security guard last night after proposing to his girlfriend. Right. I mean, a lot, lot of exciting events yesterday. I, I, I enjoyed Guriel's response, the initial response, like, oh, yeah, he's getting married. And then when he got laid out, he was like, oh, my God, what, what just happened? Like, yeah. what football game am I at? But, yeah, it's very interesting when you come into Dodger Stadium. There's always um, really exciting things happening around you. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Let's talk about this, uh, about Gallon and, and, and just, you know, pitchers having to get used to throwing so many pitches, especially in a long inning in a short amount of time. I mean, if I related it to boxing, I got a certain amount of punches that I can throw in three minutes. But you say, if you say, hey, you got to throw all those punches in a minute and a half, I'm going to, I'm going to wear myself out. You know, I don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of time to think about what you're throwing. Is this just an adjustment that everybody's going to have to get used to? Yeah, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for us to understand, hey, look, I might need to take a deep breath, step off, and, and take a five-second breather. Uh, you know, we're always very time aware. We're always looking at the, at the clocks that are situated around the stadium so we don't break any rules or have any violations. But, uh, you know, there's ways to have a mound visit from a catcher. Uh, there's just a, different ways to, to give yourself a blow. And the 27 pitches maybe a little bit more rapid fire than we're used to. It could have caught up to him. But we conditioned our athletes for this. We talked about it all spring training long. We ramped things up for them um, and got into that 20-plus range during uh, some, of the, some of the sessions before we started playing games. So our guys, our guys are in pretty good shape. We feel really good about where we're at. I don't think it necessarily caught up with Zach that inning. Part of me feels like it was the 7-9 and nine pitch inning that we had, and we forced him to go back out there after a really, really grinding emotional inning and physical inning, and that's where it caught up to him. Yeah, I mean, obviously the hitters, too. I mean, I was watching closely that James Outman at bat where he smashed the two-run homer off a of Salsa. He stopped. He kind of stepped out, and he was like, i got to get back in the box. And then he actually looked at the umpire like, can I can I call a timeout? Can I? And, he, and then he hit the two-run homer on the next pitch. But if you look at that, he was... One, he was starting to go out of the box, then he got back in, then he looked at the umpire, and then he hit the two-run homer. I think for the batters, too, I think there's a lot of getting used to, like, that ball's going to come in pretty quickly. i got to be ready. Yeah, I, I think uh, you give the, get the normal excitement from opening day. Everybody's been practicing for the past month. So we all know what, through that dress rehearsal what to do and what to expect once you step into the, into the big stage. So, you know, I think the opening day factor you could throw in. Guys maybe got a little bit out of their minds and out of their body and, and lost themselves, which is understandable. But I feel like it's not going to be a big deal. And, look, he, he probably reloaded, relocked in, and hit a, hit a quality pitch on the outer half of the plate for a big two and home run that really broke the game open. So more power to him. We just got to be a little better and execute a little bit more. What did you see, Troy Lovello, our guest here on the Bernstein Gambo Show, out of your hitters and their approach to Urias, who obviously one of the best in the National League, finished third in the Cy Young Award voting last year. Uh, after the after the, the first two innings and the first couple of runs, hits were very scarce after that. What did you see of your guys' approach last night? 
Yeah, I was very pleased for the first three innings. You know, I thought we we did a good job of uh, uh, seeing the seeing the ball, getting some really good swings off, and we scored a couple ran- runs. It translated really nice job of getting a runner over and scoring a runner uh, for our second run. But uh, you know, a couple big double plays, and that that kind of happens in this game. A guy makes a pitch, you hit a hard ground ball, and they, and they get out of an inning by. I haven't hit in double play. I just think once once they tied the score and took the lead, I think, you know, Urias got very tough. He started to buckle down a little bit and made it very difficult on us. I just want to swing the bat with a good base. I want to swing the bat and, you know, and, and be in a good spot um, to, to make good, solid contact, make good decisions, and determine if the ball is going to be a strike or a ball. Yesterday I felt like we got a little bit out of that. Whether it's excitement, whether it's Urias, I'm not sure, but we should be better off today. I think after that, that first game, I think we'll be in a much much, much more um, uh, level-headed mindset. When you were writing those names on your lineup card yesterday, did you feel like you were doing something more unorthodox, or were you just playing to the numbers? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, a lot of people were asking me about why Corbin isn't hit at the top of the lineup. I wanted to, I wanted to sandwich in a lot of the information uh, that I was getting, and some of the instincts that I had based on based on the matchup. Um, you know, Urias could be very tough on some left-handed hitters. I just wanted to push guys up that have been having very good springs, that have traditionally been attacking left-handed hit pitchers. Uh, they whole career i feel like it, it, it would work out and we're going to continue to, to press the issue in, in the right place the right ways but i feel like instinctually I, I was pretty close to what i want to do i might have some subtle adjustments the next time we face the lefty but you're going to see pretty, see a lot of the same ca- uh, characters once we we uh, do square off against one Urias is different, though, isn't he? Like, his numbers, and we went through them yesterday in previewing the game, his numbers against lefties and righties are so darn similar. Like, he yeah. he's really great against both. So I don't, you know, I don't know if there is an advantage with, you know, loading the lineup with the right hand. I'm just not sure. I don't know because he gets them out equally as, as well. Yeah, he's a good pitcher, period. I think the reason why um, lefties may have some success against him is that I, the changeup to me might come out, might be out of play. I think he's fastball, curveball, changeup to righties, and that's just one more pitch to worry about. But we should know enough about what his tendencies and habits are. We should have been ready to know what pitches to eliminate and what counts. We have a lot of really smart hitters that probably got a little bit outside of their body. And, you know, when you're a left-handed hitter and you got you got really two pitches to worry about, a, a, a slider that's going to sweep out of the zone, or a fastball that's going to be located in or out. It might be a little bit easier to game plan, but no, when he hits the spots, he's going to be tough. We just got to be a little bit better and not missing the pitches we're looking for. I'm really excited about, like last year, I talked to you about this so many times, the base running, putting pressure on the defense, the ability to score from first on a ball in the gap with all the speed you have. So I want to ask you about the Marte play. It took a real you know, good carom right to Mookie Betts. Down the line, I mean, you're thinking, you're thinking double. Does he need yeah. to stop it? You're, you're down in the game does he need to stop at first or do you want the aggressiveness there on the base paths yeah no no for sure at that point in time i think the score is five to two or seven to two we need to we need to lay low and, and we got we got to make sure we're we're 100 locked in on those 90 feet and we got to be safe we can't give up outs in that situation it's hard to get on base you hit a hard ball ground ball line drive down the right field line i think your natural tendency is to think as you're running is that ball is going to roll into the corner but there's some kickouts here and we know those kickouts we've we've talked about it in some of our pre-game stuff so these batter runners and our defenders are all aware of these kickouts 
you know, Mookie's got an unbelievable release. He's got an average to above average arm strength, but it's the release that really catches up um, with our guys. So he got that ball in and out and transitioned it and threw a strike. But definitely, uh, we need to be better. Cattell didn't make the right read or the right decision in that in that particular case. Troy Lavello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. All kidding aside now, and, and we played your comments, and obviously you're not blaming what happened last night on the lights, but have, have you guys communicated to Major League Baseball the fact that you weren't happy, rightfully so, about flickering lights while play is still active on the field? Yeah, it was a topic here um, for us post-game. Uh, I know that you guys got a chance to see what I said publicly, and I'll stand by that. I, I believe in, um, you know, that, that there was nothing done maliciously. We lost this game for a square. They beat us. Whether the lights were blinking or not, in those particular cases, they're not. I think some of the post-game comments were a little bit tone-deaf. Um, but you know what? Uh, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers have done a tremendous job from from really the president's desk down to the GM um, by, by making sure that they came over and apologized to Mike and I, so we're going to turn the page. Uh, that trumps anything that was said or anything that was done yesterday. They're good people here. They took care of it the right way, so we're going to be ready to move on today. Tori, you know my wife Chelsea knows baseball. She actually thinks she should be a hitting coach. You know, honestly, she really, I swear she believes she could be a hitting coach. Like, she'll go in the backyard with her son off the tee and work with them, and like, she thinks she could do it. We're watching a game last night, and one of the things she said to me is, man, it looks so odd to see David Peralta in Dodger uniform. Like, but Tampa, it wasn't that yeah. big of a deal. But, I mean, you've had it before. I mean, Huddy's over there now. But, you know, a guy that was a lifelong Diamondback, a, a guy that played for you for so many years, to see him yeah. wearing that other uniform, thats is it a little tough on you? A little bit. You know, you get attached to these guys, and, and um, that's just who I am in my core. I, I, I love these players. I care for them. And then... Now, for six great years, David had been over here helping us win baseball games and just playing with a certain energy um, that that was unmatched at times. And he was very focused, and he cared about the right things. And uh, he was a very empathetic human being, and he just tried to win for for the entire community and the entire state of Arizona. To see him here in L.A. was a little awkward. But, you know, you become numb to that. We, we've seen it happen a lot in this game, not just with our organization. Players switch teams. It's just a part of, part of the makeup of what's going on going on inside of this game, inside of this culture. So we're happy for him. He got a couple hits. I don't necessarily like that, but we're happy that he's happy, and then we'll keep moving on. Tori, thanks for the time. Good luck tonight. We'll talk to you next week. All right, boys. Talk to you soon. All right, Skip.